self-doubt will like steal all of your happiness. You know, self-doubt will keep you from reaching the top. It'll keep you from starting that business, from sending that text. And yeah, so working there when I, you know, kind of realized like, oh, we can run this whole company like off of some Google Docs and pitch meetings. Like that's all it takes is ideas and execution. I can do this. And thankfully everyone who I told about the idea was also like, yeah, you can do it. Like all you have to do is start. The hardest part is starting, but once you do, you're gonna ride it until the wheels fall off. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Bold Ambition Podcast. I'm your host, Ingrid Garcia. And today I'm here with one of my favorite gals on the internet, one of my favorite influencers and content creators. Her name is Sierra Ortega. She recently launched an e-commerce fashion boutique called Shop the Flavor. She's also held internships at, I don't know, you might have heard of them, Savage X Fenty and the Mayfair Group. The Mayfair Group is a PR and social media agency, and they have some pretty big clients, let me tell you. One of them being Wildflower Cases, another example being Steal by Amanda Steele. And overall, our conversation today was so insightful. She provided some mental tools and tactics to stop doubting yourself, grow your confidence, and fucking do the thing that you've always wanted to do, the thing that you always talk about that you want to do, but you never actually put action behind your words. She's still in college, running a boutique, being a content creator. I actually DM'd her, like totally shooting my shot. Like, I think I even wrote in the DM, like, hey girl, shooting my shot here. I'd love to have you on the podcast. And I was expecting maybe a reply. Actually, I wasn't expecting a reply at all. I was like, okay, she may or may not see it. She may or may not delete it. But in the same day, she responded and was the sweetest gal, sweetest subject to, to interview. And I just hope you enjoyed today's episode and walk away with some insight on what it's like to run a boutique, but also what it's like to just run the fucking world and own your confidence. So without further ado, let's get into today's conversation. This month, this week, okay, a bold move actually. Let's talk about last week. So I have a a business I just launched. It's an online boutique, it's called Flavor. And on this online boutique, I'm really focusing on uh, connecting with brands that I love and really convincing them that I'm worthy of stocking and selling on the site. And so last week I first shot my shot with House of Sunny and Lioness, which are like two brands that I really admire and I have a bunch of pieces from. And I was like, oh, they're never going to let me stock them. Like they're probably not even going to respond to me. I'm sure they get so many inquiries. And I actually did get a response and not only did they respond, but they gave me permission. So that was a bold move, took a chance, really wasn't expecting much, but it it ended up working up in my favor. So that was really fun. Amazing. So behind flavor, behind the YouTube videos, behind the internships, who are you? What is your purpose? And how is your purpose aligning with what you're doing right now? That's a really good question. I am very free spirited. And I think spiritual in general is a really, really good word to sum everything up. I am you know, just kind of a wanderer here on this floating rock. And I really want to make the most of my time here. And I think that my purpose is to 
continue following things that feel like my purpose. I want to connect with as many people as possible and teach others things and learn from the best. And so, you know, I try to just follow what's good every single day. And hopefully at the end of my time here, I'll be so satisfied with every single move that I made. (laughs) And when you say what's good and what feels right, what does that look like so far? So, so far, I think it really translates into the people that I'm surrounding myself with. I think that's what really sparked, you know, this this new side of me is when I started to be around people who wanted to be better for themselves and for other people. And in doing that and surrounding myself with these people, it really helps me to uh, not only recognize what my goals are, but they motivate me to want to reach them. So that's what I that's what I mean by doing things that feel good, following things that make you feel good. <laughs> so as a follower, I know that you're really into manifestation and designing your own life. What does that look like on a day-to-day basis or weekly basis? Does that mean you sit down and write down your goals and be as specific as possible? Does that mean meditating every morning? Like what does that look like in your routine? I think, you know, manifestation and creating your own reality is really a lifestyle because, and like a mindset, because at the end of the day, you know, you can sit there, journal, write down and design this dream life. But if you're not working towards those things with guided action and like truly believing in yourself and your, you know, ability to achieve those things, then it's not going to happen. Like, I remember when I first got into manifestation and the law of attraction, I started talking to more people about it. And I remember someone said to me, they're like, okay, so I just have to write down on a piece of paper that I want a Ferrari every single day and, and I'm just going to get it. And I was like, well, no, you know, it's not just going to fall into your lap. Nobody's going to just wrap up a Ferrari and put it in your driveway. But what you can do is remind yourself of that every single day and do things that Ferrari owners do. You know, if that means that they're kicking ass and working their dream job and making a lot of money to be able to buy that car, then do what you can to also be in that position. Other than that, though, I do spend a lot of time meditating and I journal as well. I feel like I have constantly a million things going on in my mind at a million miles per hour. And not only that, but I'm always, uh, you know, thinking of new things that I want from life. And so it really helps me to sit down, journal, and, you know, get it all on paper and remind myself of my thoughts throughout the day. Um, And yeah, I think affirmations, journaling, and the mindset is really what's behind all of the manifestation for me. Before manifestation, what type of person were you? Were you less confident or how old were you when you got into manifestation? I also saw like a TikTok that you did that you manifested your internships, you know, like What did life look like before you found manifestation and how has it like changed your life? So (laughs) I actually feel like I've been manifesting my entire life, but I didn't know I was doing it until like I heard the word manifestation or like really started um, looking into the law of attraction. And once I did, I was like, oh, like I've kind of been doing this my whole life. I just absolutely had no idea. So for my internships, for example, Before the Mayfair group, that was my first internship, I was in such a dark place. Like it was um, honestly one of the lowest points in my life. And I think it's just because I was younger. I was like 18, 19, and I didn't know who I was and I didn't know what I needed from life. 
And then I remember laying in my bed one day and I was just, you know, on Instagram um, and I had followed Sam, the CEO, and she posted something about needing a sales intern. And I remember looking at it and just like, first of all, I had no sales experience. I knew nothing about fashion except for that. I like, I like my own style, you know, but I remember seeing this post and for some reason it resonated with me so well. Like I was like, this position is, this position is mine. Like I already have it. I can't wait to be an intern at the Mayfair group. And I didn't even know what the internship entailed. Like I had no idea what Mayfair did as a company, but I just knew it was mine and I knew it was going to work out for me. Um, and so I just remember after I did the interview and like got the email that I, that I had gotten the position, I was like already expecting it. I already knew. And I guess that's, I don't know if that makes me sound like cocky, but <laughs> it was like the only thing that I had felt confident about in so long. And I really think it's because, you know, I was, I was vibrating at such a low point before, but then once, you know, I hit this where I was like, that feels good. I'm going to chase it, do whatever I can, like do my research, like really kill the interview um, devoted all my energy to it. I was like, well, there's my manifestation just came true. <laughs> and after the Mayfair group, I want to hear about your story about how you got the Savage X Fenty internship, because yeah. that's an internship that any female college female would kill for, whether if it's not in marketing or sales, it's like maybe doing design, you know, there's so many facets yeah. of the fashion industry. So I really do wish that it was a more fascinating story behind how I landed it. But if I'm being completely honest, I just remember at the end of my junior year, I was looking for summer internships on LinkedIn. And I was on LinkedIn for hours at a day, like always updating my profile, always connecting with people, seeing what other internships, like other people were landing. And I was looking for internships in New York as well as Los Angeles. And I like after the Mayfair group, I was like, what could be better than that internship? Like that gave me purpose it gave me friendships it helped me find myself it taught me so much like what is my next step and it kind of was the same thing where I was only applying to internships that honestly I thought I would never get <laughs> like I, I remember I emailed Danielle Guzio and like saw if she or asked if she needed an intern I was applying to like all of these uh, showrooms in New York that were like so high fashion. I was applying to like Louis Vuitton and Saint Laurent. And same thing, when I saw that Savage X Fenty listing, I was like, wow, like that would be incredible if I could work for Rihanna. Like, what do you mean? That's every girl's dream. And similar to Mayfair, when I saw that posting, um, when I saw the Savage one, it also just resonated with me really heavily because like I said, I was applying to places like Louis Vuitton, Saint Laurent, and all of these big designers. And I was like, wow, it would be such a dream to work for them. But I also like, when I saw the Savage X Fenty listing, I was like, but Rihanna, like this is a, what I want to do. Like, this is incredible. And then um, I read the description for the job, the influencer marketing thing, or the influencer marketing posting. And I just remember thinking like, I can do this. Like I do it on a daily basis when I'm on Instagram. Like I feel like I would have a lot to offer to this company. And so I applied and I stalked the hell out of everyone who worked at Savage. I was looking for all the job recruiters. I was looking people for people who were already on the Savage X Fenty team. And I just sent them all a message saying, hi, like my name is Sierra. Um, kind of gave them like a short background of my experience with Mayfair and told them that I had applied and I would love to be considered for the position or considered for an interview. And I got 
responses from all of them. And they all said like, thank you so much for reaching out. Like we appreciate the LinkedIn hustle. Like we love LinkedIn over here. And I've bumped your application to the top. Like you should have a, a meeting with HR soon. So that's kind of how it happened. And then I think the interview process was three parts. It was first a phone interview with like the HR department. And then it was a Zoom interview with the director of the marketing team or the influencer marketing team. And then it was the marketing coordinator that I would have been working under if I got the position. And so I met with all of them and loved them. Like they were all just such down to earth females that, you know, were on their grind and doing their thing. And I had a lot in common with them. And I always know that interviews are a good sign when it feels much more like a conversation versus like you're being drilled with questions and rapid fire and like being pressured to give these perfect answers. And so with all of them, it was just a conversation. Like I remember in one of my interviews, we were talking about what Netflix show we were watching. <laughs> and I was like, how did we even get here? But um, by the end of it, I kind of just had that feeling again, where I was like, I feel like that went so well. Like if, if I don't get it, I don't know who else can, because I feel like those girls are now my best friends. And I just, you know, went about my day with like my normal law of attraction things where I was like, I can't wait to have this position. I can't believe I'm going to work for Rihanna. Like I was stuck. I was watching the fashion show, like, you know, do it, doing all that. And then I got the call that I'd gotten the position and cried happy tears <laughs> and um, yeah, explored that chapter. So that's, that's the story. <laughs> And correct me if I'm wrong, but COVID hit as soon as you were about to start your internship. Like, what did that look like for you? Were you devastated? Were you just also grateful that your position didn't get like rescinded? Yeah, I think definitely both. Um, because, you know, when COVID first hit, nobody knew what to expect. Like nobody knew what was happening with internships. And all I knew is that every single person around me was getting their internships canceled. Like people who were already making moves to move to New York for the summer, people, you know, were, who were already so far established in their in internship process, uh, just got it taken away from them just like that. And every single day I was just, you know, hoping, like, I was just like, my inter internship is not going to get canceled. Like, there's no way, like, it's totally possible that they can do it remote. I really hope that they do. And I just, I got the email that said, like, don't worry, we're not going to cancel it, but we're not doing in person. Like, it's going to have to be over Zoom. And I, at first, like, I was a little sad because I was really excited to move to Los Angeles and kind of explore that because I've never lived anywhere else but Arizona, except for when I was, like, way younger. Um, so I was really excited to move there and, like, have the in-office experience. Um, and so it was kind of sad that that was taken away. But at the same time, I was just elated, like, so grateful that I was still going to be able to have that experience, whether it was virtual or not. So definitely more grateful than I was devastated. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, luckily, I also had like a full time offer after or like right before COVID hit and my offer did not get rescinded, had my full time job still. Heart goes out to everyone who uh, who had to graduate during the pandemic. I know. I know. I, I feel awful. I mean, I think it's just, you know, this is taking a toll on everyone. And so it's like whether it's messing with your graduation or whether it's messing with your job, like I think everyone is definitely suffering losses through this time. So I was really glad that I got to keep that win for myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So concluding your internship and just recently you launched Flavor. Tell mm -hmm. me the inception, like the idea to inception to actually launching the thing because so many people can say that, oh, I have this great idea. I want to do this, this and this, but then never really 
put it out into the world and whether it's out of fear or lack of resources or something else so tell me about flavor story so flavor story really did start when i was um, interning at the mayfair group when i was interning there i was on i was working under the sales sector and so what we did is we were sales representatives for brands like boys lie and wildflower cases and steel by amanda steel um and what we were doing for these brands is uh like reaching out to buyers of stores and boutiques across the nation and trying to convince them, you know, why they should sell wildflower cases, why they should sell boys lie. And so I know like during my time there, we were able to get wildflower into urban outfitters and dolls kill and like boys lie was being um, sold in all of these boutiques. We got them on revolve, like all of these cool things. And I just remember being so fascinated by that because I didn't know that that's how like kind of boutiques and stores like that worked. And so then when I started thinking about it, I was like, okay, so, so like places like Revolve, it's, it's a website that just sells all of these different brands and it really like builds something for, for everyone. And so then um, that's when like my wheels started turning when I started like realizing how this process worked. And I was like, okay, so let's think about this. You know, girls in my age or my age or my target market, which is like, I would say 16 to like 26, I feel like there is, you know, like a number of stores that you can count on both hands that everyone automatically thinks of when they're shopping. Like, I remember I was sitting um, in class once and my friend was about to go on vacation and she's like online shopping during class, of course, typical but she was like, I have to buy all new clothes for my vacation. And I've already checked like Revolve and Princess Polly and Dolls Kill and Verge, Kill, Verge Girl. And like, I'm not liking anything. And then I was like, those are all the same stores that I shop at. Those are all the same stores that girl shops at. Like, we all have the same idea of, um, you know, these stores when we're looking for outfits. And then I started thinking like, why? Why is it those stores specifically? And it's because they have such a range of different brands that they sell. You know, they're not just one clothing label that's making a specific style of pieces. Like they have something for everyone and they have a crazy variety of options. And I started thinking like, well, it would be so cool if I could have an online boutique where I sold my favorite brands. And I feel like, um, you know, the following that I've built trusts my fashion sense a a little bit. I mean, you gotta like something about it if you're following me. So I was like, I want to, you know, stock it as if it was my closet. And like, maybe I don't always have the money myself to buy these clothes and put them in my closet, but like, I can put them on this website as if I would be buying them, (laughs) if that makes sense, like for others to see. So that's where the, the kind of idea came from. And I think, like you said, like a lot of people have ideas, but they get so caught up in the mental blocks with, they start automatically thinking of problems like, oh, I could never do that, or I don't have the money, or I don't have the support. And working at Mayfair, like, really taught me, you know, all of those women really taught me that if you have an idea, it's valid, and there's nothing that can stop you unless it's you. Like, you're the only person standing in your way. And so Sam, she's actually just one of my biggest inspirations because, you know, she always talks about how she built Mayfair like out of her apartment. And it was, you know, just her and her assistant. And now it's, they're taking over the world. And I think it's just important to remember that, you know, everyone who is 
or every, every brand, every successful business was just an idea at one point. And I think there's a difference between the people who put action behind their ideas to make things happen and the people who are all talk and, you know, dreamers. And I think it's just important to, you know, exit that mental block or kick it out because self-doubt will like steal all of your happiness, you know, self-doubt will keep you from reaching the top. It'll keep you from starting that business, from sending that text. And yeah, so working there when I, you know, kind of realized like, oh, we can run this whole company like off of some Google Docs and pitch meetings. Like that's all it takes is ideas and execution. I can do this. And thankfully everyone who I told about the idea was also like, yeah, you can do it. Like all you have to do is start. The hardest part is starting, but once you do, you're gonna ride it until the wheels fall off. So that's kind of how it started. That's where the idea was born and yeah. And what was your reaction when you put up the Instagram page, when you got your first order, when customers started messaging you, like you, this idea is now real life and you can share it with the world. What did you feel? What were your thoughts? Like, oh, I like, I still have goosebumps right now because I'm just like remembering that feeling. And I honestly wish that there was one word to wrap it all up, but like, it was a mix of emotions. Like I remember being so nervous at first because you know it's something that I am putting my name on and I do want others to be proud of it like I want to you know do it justice and so I remember being so nervous once like right before it was launching I was like shaking and I was like how are people going to react posted it (laughs) or sorry I uh the, the website went live and I remember I'm like sitting on my Instagram like refreshing like waiting for something to happen and the first person who posted was just like one of my followers and she like posted a picture of the website on her computer screen and was like, wow, this is amazing. And like, that's when it all hit me. And I was like, wow, like this is no longer something that I'm just seeing like here. I can now like share this with the whole world. And I was on Shopify um, and Shopify does this, this cool thing where they have like a live view of the map and they'll show you how many live visitors that you have at a time and like exactly where they are in the globe. And so I was just sitting there on the live view, like looking around the globe. And we had people from Spain. We had people from Japan. Like, I think we even got um, people from like Egypt that were on the site. And that's when I was like, we just put a product out there and anyone and everyone can see it. And that's incredible. And then when I got my first order, that's when like the waterworks hit. (laughs) Cause I was like, not, not only is somebody going to have a piece of clothing, like in their closet from this business that we just started, but like, they're going to think of you every time they wear it. And like the fact that people even wanted to support and like, were so trusting to give us their money and, you know, trust the products because we had our names on it. It's just like such a surreal feeling. (laughs) It makes me think of like that Kamala Harris, meme where she's like we did it joe like that's how i feel for myself i was like we did it see like good job like all like all that hard work all the stress it's all paying off and you're doing the damn thing so yeah before you launched like how much time and energy and late nights did it actually take like was it months in the making the idea started a few years ago but like when did you actually get the ball rolling and and send pitch emails and have meetings, all that good stuff. Yeah. So I would say we really hit the ground running in July. Yeah. Like you said, the idea was born a couple of years ago and I, I could catch myself. Like it was always just something that I was talking about. And I was being one of those people who was, you know, saying they wanted to do something without putting the action behind it. And I was like, 
okay, what, what is holding me back? And then that's when, you know, Summer and I started talking. We're both like, wow, like we really just want to like do our own thing and like build our own company. And then we're like, wait, okay, like let's, let's do it then. And I think it's, we could really find like the confidence within each other that like we had the other person to lean on because if it's just you starting something by yourself, you know, that's when you're having the self doubt and you're like, can I, am I even capable? But like having someone on the other side, remind you like, yes, you are capable and like, you can do it and I'll do it with you. I think it gave us a lot of confidence to just start. And so in July, that's when we like really sat down with my dad and had a conversation about like what our next step should be. And he sat there, my dad is very insightful and very inspiring. He loves like teaching everyone about life. And so I remember he just sat us down and was like, you guys can do this. Like, I believe in you. And again, like all you have to do is start. So what's step one? Like you can, you're gonna drive yourself crazy if you think about everything you have to do. Like, let's start with one thing. You need an LLC. And so we went on LegalZoom, got an LLC, and then he's like, okay, what's next? You need a tax ID number. And so we kind of just like sat there together and decided all of these things that we had to do and just started crossing things off one by one. And a lot of it was a a waiting game. Like there was a lot of downtime, I'm going to be honest, just because like, you know, we had to wait for our trademarks to get approved before we, we could do anything, before we bought a domain and all of that. And then we had to, um, you know, have meetings with our graphic designer to pick a logo. And then we're like sitting there looking through a million different logos, like, you know, all, all things like that. And then reaching out to brands and like figuring out how to actually be a wholesaler for these vendors was a process in, in its own because you don't always get a response from these sales representatives right away. You know, they're, they have an influx of emails and an influx of people that they're trying to reach. So to get into their inbox and then make yourself stand out. And then you have to, you know, go back and forth writing the emails. It was, it was a long time. I will say that. And then on top of that, like I'm still in school, I'm still a full-time student. So I think the hardest part for me was working a job. I was working at a bar for a little bit as a server, working a job, going to school and trying to start this business and also have a social life and also, you know, find time to sleep and eat. Like it was a lot. And so I think that definitely made the process feel a lot more hefty. But um, yeah, I will say that in July, we really hit the ground running. And now, now it's what, February and we've been launched for a month. Today's actually the month anniversary of Flavor. So <laughs> yay, cheers to that. I love it. So Flavor is, and, and you've talked about your style and your content that you put out, it is very like fashion heavy. Why do you use fashion to express yourself or how did that even start? Is it something that you were interested in since you were in middle school, high school? How do you stay on top of trends? Like how do you pick out a piece to be a part of your boutique as well? Like what's the criteria criteria for it to belong in your closet? So I feel like everyone who is into fashion, you know, you ask them like, where did this love come from? And everyone is always like, oh, I've just, you know, had a passion for fashion since I was younger. And for me, it really is the exact same thing. Like, I feel like I was never musically talented. I kind of have awful handwriting and like, I'm not artistic when it comes to like painting and things like that. But one thing that I could do creatively is put together an outfit. And I, when I was younger, I mean, still, I love being the center of attention, (laughs) but like in my own world, you know what I mean? I think I just live like main character energy, like all eyes should be on you anyway. 
Um, and so I was always wearing like loud, crazy things. And like, sometimes it would be a little bit weirder than what other people were wearing, but I felt so good in it. And I really think that even like for me, fashion, I could be so sad and, you know, so stressed out. But if I go to my closet and put on my favorite outfit, like that feeling when you look in the mirror and you feel good because you look good, it's unmatchable. And I think every girl can relate to that. Of just like, you know, when you have a good outfit on, you stand up a little bit taller, you demand the attention. And I love that feeling. And I love that fashion can do that for so many people. Um, I also love that like fashion and trends connects people in so many ways because like I said one of my biggest goals in life is I want to connect with as many people as possible and with fashion it's like having you know similar taste with someone it it just opens the doors to so many other things like me and my whole friend group we are all so different we're all completely different people but one thing we do have in common is fashion and it's not necessarily like we all have the same style but we all love being stylish and love like putting out our outfits into the world um, and expressing that to other people. And like, that's what we bond off of. And that's what we built our love off of. Uh, and so with that, actually picking pieces for flavor. So how, how that works is when you, once you connect with the brand, they will send you line sheets of their upcoming drops of like what's, what's available to be bought. And so with those line sheets, like I'll sit there and like screenshot and make notes of everything that I like and then I'll, I'll send it to all my friends. And I'm like, tell me what you guys like. And sometimes they pick pieces that I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. And sometimes we pick the same pieces. And so I always um, will buy the ones that, you know, we're all picking together. And then I'll throw in like, okay, Louisa likes this piece. Like Megan likes this one. Keaton loves this top. Okay, might as well throw it in there, you know? So that's going to be the plan moving forward. Um, and I think it's really fun for them too, to be like behind it and like help out and can like help me shop. So that's that's how that's working right now. And for your own personal style, who's like your style icon? Who do you, what magazine or social pages do you follow that just keep you on your toes? See, I always say that like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, everyone is so lucky that I don't have the money to be able to afford the style that I actually want, like the way I actually want to dress. I love Sydney Carlson, the Carlson sisters, honestly, both of them, like, and, and half the time, like even, even with Devin, I just love how she'll throw on like something just so weird, quirky that like you look on a, on a hanger and you're like, what is that? But she puts it on and she looks amazing. And like, I, I love her style. I think it's so personal to her. And I think there's not a lot of people that can like pull it off the way that she does. Um, so yeah, Carlson sisters, love Hailey Bieber, Bella Hadid, of course, they're queens. Um, Danielle Guzio period like her own brand and the way that she dresses in herself uh I adore I think every any kind of like model off-duty streetwear is uh, definitely more my vibe I'm not a very like pink frilly skirt girl I'm, I kind of like dressing like a guy and making it really sexy and feminine you know so uh definitely I think those are the tops those are the first people that come to mind when I think about my style and suppose amazing those are all great female like powerful bold yes. people so I, I instagram messaged you like a pre-question that i wanted you to think about you mentioned you already mentioned a few things like your dad helping 
you actually lay out a structure of how you're going to launch flavor. You mentioned blocking out the self-doubt. You mentioned how the idea was born. But like, what are three, or just as many things as you want to list, like what are three lessons that flavor has taught you or you went into before launching flavor that you knew you like you had to overcome for example self-doubt in order to launch flavor what are some other examples that you can you can say yeah so I think self-doubt is definitely the biggest one and I think it goes back to that idea that you know it's really hard to overcome those mental blocks when you're thinking of starting a business and stuff like that I also I think the biggest lesson I've learned so far is I used to be so overwhelmed with the amount of questions that I had like I hated the feeling of feeling clueless um, and just like not knowing what the next step would be but I learned to instead be like scared of how many questions I had I flipped it to be excited to get the answers to those questions. And I think that once I adopted that mindset, everything really kind of shifted because instead of sitting there being like, oh my God, I can't start this business. Who's going to build a logo? Who's going to do this, 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 and that. It's like, wait, that's the fun part. Like you get to go out and explore and like make it a product of your own. Yeah. Like my, my dad's like, do you think Elon Musk was just born? And at two years old, he knew everything about Tesla. Like, no, he had to work for it. He had to do his research. He had to network with people. I think that's a really big lesson too, is networking. The influence behind networking is insane. And I think that that's really also a part of the blueprint of flavor. Like the fact that we got so much support, you know, on social media and from the people around us, it was, it all goes down to our network and the people that we were able to expand to. And so I am constantly looking for people to learn from and ask questions to. And I think I used to be really scared to like put myself out there. But then again, it was like, no one's going to answer your question if you're not asking. So like, I remember uh, when we had a Mayfair event, we threw a gifting house for the brand Motel Rocks in Los Angeles. And the head of brand was there and they both, they're these two girls and they were um, so fabulous, so amazing. And I remember being so intimidated by them because I'm like, wow, like this brand is like, the whole brand is run from these two girls right now. Like, this is crazy. And I was like, wow, I have so many questions for them. Like, I want to, but like, should I ask them? Like, what if they think I'm just this like weird young girl who's like, you know, just fangirling or whatever. Um, But I ended up sitting there and having a conversation with them for two hours just because I was like, you know what, who cares? I'm not going to know until I try. Sat there and got to ask them so many questions. And I also told them about my idea to start the online boutique. And they were like, do it, do it. Like you, you have so much power behind you. You have support. If you ever need any help from motel, like we're here. And so that's something that I wouldn't have had if I wouldn't have put myself out there. And so I think it's just important to know that like, it's going to be scary And it's a lot of trial and error. And, you know, failure is definitely a possibility, but you're not going to know until you try. So how did you achieve the confidence that you have now? Like (laughs) go back to yourself at 16 and tell her all the lessons or all the tips and tricks of how to just be a more confident boss bitch. I think I achieved this level of confidence when I just really sat there and thought about how absolutely nothing matters. Like nothing matters at all. Um, And 
I also, I think it's comparison too. Once I stopped comparing myself to other people, I think so many doors opened within my happiness and my confidence and, you know, all of that stuff, just because like, instead of being 16 and scrolling through Facebook and Instagram and being like, wow, like I wish my hair was like hers, or I wish I was pretty like this, or I wish I had a relationship like that. Like I've learn to be happy for those people where they're at because I know we're all on different journeys. We're all doing different things. And at the end of the day, we are literally all on this floating rock, like just trying to figure it out, like just trying to live life. And yeah, I think I just wake up every morning and I'm like, hmm, what today, what's today gonna bring? Who knows? I guess we'll just have to see. And um, just stop being scared of it. Yeah, and just living life, trying to be as confident as possible. It's, it's just so much more fun when you're confident, you know? And honestly, going, touching more on that, I feel like the community that I've built, uh, I always get questions about my confidence and how I achieved it and how I attain it. And I love, love, love that, you know, people can look at me and be like, wow, she's so confident. I, I wonder how she does it. But I also think it's important to recognize that like, I have my moments where I'm not confident at all. And like, as much as I say, comparison is the thief, thief of joy. I still catch myself doing it. Of course, it's inevitable. But then, yeah, just going back to that idea that like everybody does it. We're all just here trying to live life. So it's more fun when you're happy and confident. I guess there's no reason not to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One last thing. Can you leave the, the audience with a book, a resource, a podcast, like whether it's on manifestation or confidence or growth that has served you and given you really good value? Yes. So a book actually that I would recommend is You Are a Badass. That book changed my life. I feel like so many people have read it by now. And if you haven't, if you've never heard about it, go buy that book right now. Um, that's what really sparked my entrepreneurial mindset. And it also really helped me open doors to spirituality and manifestation. And I think, yeah, like I, I always recommend that book to people just because it's such a casual way of being introduced to all of those topics. Uh, podcast, I really like Girl Boss Radio with Sophia Amoruso. She is the CEO and founder of Nasty Gal. And she is just such a queen. She's such a boss bitch. And I think she has a lot of lessons that can be really valuable to a lot of people. Yeah, that girl boss radio is really good. I listen to it like every other morning. I love it. Yes, every morning. My coffee and my girl boss radio. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all I have for you today, Sierra. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was such an insightful, valuable conversation that I just think our audience, my audience is going to love. Actually, before the interview, I was at a coffee shop with a friend and we were just like sitting down, brainstorming what questions and what topics we wanted to like drill out of you that would give the audience which my audience is like females 16 to 26 also yeah thank you so so much for having me and thank you so much for your support like genuinely I feel like all my followers are like my best friends so I love being able to sit and chat with you and I had so so much fun thank you